Telling these tears going fall away, fall away, oh May the last one burn into flames Freedom, freedom, I can't move Freedom, cut me loose, Hello, everybody out there tuning in. Thank you. This is another episode of The Low, and we have a great show planned for y'all tonight. We're talking about advocating for our loved ones. And of course, of course, everybody else who out there who's out there that we're advocating for, not not just our loved ones, but at this point, you know, they're they all become brothers and sons and and sisters and and everything else to us but i'm sarah jane and i'm here with my beautiful and ta talented co-host nicole and maria how are you ladies tonight great oh i'm good i'm good i i was speeding to get here i'm a little bit hot but i'm here i made it girl don't we always live on the edge like that so bad <laughs> So I just wanted to say a quick, quick thing about yesterday. Yesterday was August 8th and it was not a day that I was aware of. I stumbled upon it and it is um, October or uh, October. Really? Did I just say October? <laughs> August 8th is um, known as love your inmate day. So that was, that was pretty cool to stumble across that. So um, so sending a shout out to all the loved ones out there who are behind bars. You know, I know, you know, that was yesterday, but, but we're still here rooting you on and, and we're here to help you through this. And Nicole, I know you are well prepared for tonight. <laughs> yes, I tried my best to put together as much as I possibly could, but you know, you young ladies, you have mass amount of intelligence and knowledge as well in this area so i'm pretty sure that everyone who is viewing you know they'll walk away with some really good information and um and tips yes yeah. so let's talk about what let's talk about advocating for our loved ones and advocating for those that are behind bars um Nicole, why don't you why don't you start us off? Tell us what you know i know there we probably have some new viewers we really haven't um talk too much about what we do as advocates why don't you go ahead and start us off and tell us what um what you do up there in virginia sounds good um i mean currently of course my my first my number one um person that i'm advocating for is my lo um he is currently serving a 108 year sentence um for crimes that he did not commit 
So that kind of brought me into the world, of course. Um, I will say prior to, I, I was ignorant to all of this. Like I, I, I didn't have a clue, didn't have any knowledge of the injustice and the things that starts from the courtroom, which then goes into the actual facility. Um, but with that being said, I started to, um, you know, I, I went in and I joined a lot of groups um, through Facebook and that started to give me, you know, knowledge and resources and things of that nature and learning. And that was very helpful. And that's the first thing I will tell anyone who's really into advocating or learning how to advocate. Because again, like I said, when I started, I didn't have a clue. So try to get into some of those support groups that actually have, you know, the, the, the information that you're looking for. So first you have to determine what are you advocating for? Are you advocating for, you know, your loved one, an individual, um, a change in legislature? What, what are you advocating for? And once you do that, then of course, like anything else, you have to collect your intel. So if you're advocating, like in my situation, me advocating for my LO, I then had to learn everything about his case that I could possibly learn. So from top to bottom. And once you do that, of course, then that then involves your research on those individuals that are involved in the case. You have to, of course, then dig deeper into the injustice of Okay, was this wrongful conviction? Is it excessive sentencing? What is it? So all of these things you have to gather, and same for bills and legislation. What, okay, what are you fighting for? If you're fighting for bringing back parole, you have to find statistics on why that should happen. You have to give justified reason on why that should happen. Um, and so so you, you have to put a lot of time in gathering your intel. So once you have your intel, some things that you can do and which I really suggest is establishing a petition. Petitions are great. It allows you to put all of that information that you have collected out to everyone. Um, Change.org is one of the best. So I would most definitely suggest, you know, doing that using change.org once you establish your petition and you include everything and maria i know we have talked before and you said you're the guru of petitions and pushing petitions but you know what once you get your information out there and once you establish your petition the one good thing i always tell people that i love about petitions is the email feature when they allow you to do those updates and blast everyone who's already supported you, you can then turn around and send updates or do call to action um, events. That's it's a free, easy way of communication to individuals who have already established that they're interested in whatever it is you're fighting for. So that that's a major thing for, you know, petitions. Um, outside of that, another major thing is, of course, using what's free to us now, that's social media. Create platforms for all social media, um, uh, you know, platforms, Facebook, Twitter, IG, 
YouTube, doesn't matter, whatever. We have tons of them. And I would say TikTok. Yeah, TikTok. Yes, TikTok. Like everything. It just use it. But my suggestion to you when you do your social media, use one common theme or name. So if I go to look for you on Facebook, I can look for you the same way somewhere else. So you can establish some type of consistency. So for example, you know, with me doing for my LO, it's free and that individual's name. Um, if you're doing it again for a certain cause, and if you want to use that name, but just use it on every platform so people can know, you know, how to find you or what keywords to use in order to locate you. Um, once you've done that, just make sure that when you post, don't let all of your posts just be about your what you're fighting for or the cause. Like, show people that you're human too, you know? It's okay right. to toss some humor in there. It's okay to toss, you know, inspirational um, uh, posts. You know, people love pictures. Do pictures. You know, mm -hmm. bring, bring individuals in. That's how I know I was very successful with gathering supporters from my LO. When I first started all of his platforms, I legitimately told his story from beginning to end with the documentations that we have, you know, pictures of him and I, pictures of him, pictures of his children, his grandkids, you know, painting that story because individuals here all the time, I didn't do it. So they right. have to become a dead ear to that, you know? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I know you didn't do it. But when you start to put out documentation that shows DNA, affidavit saying you didn't do it, things of that nature, you can't look past the black and white. It's right there. And that's what reels in individuals to want to at least learn more about the story. And that's what I found, you know, to happen in my situation. Individuals, and that's how I lucked up and I have a lot of resources now because people were interested in the injustice and in the story. So I would say, you know, just make sure you constantly post. Of course, always be honest on what you post, you know, and use fact if you're talking about the case. We have to remember if you're advocating for a loved one, we have a tendency of letting our emotions get into it because they're yeah. our loved ones. <laughs> but when it comes to you advocating, you have to strictly do fact. Mm -hmm. have to state the facts. Um, and then last but not least, for Virginia, I don't know if you guys have it, but Virginia, just to let individuals know that may be viewing, there is an app called VA Gov. You can download that app and it gives you every individual that's in the house, every individual that's a delegate, every executive, their address, you know, the building that they're in, the room they sit in, the email, the phone number, as an advocate, wary all of them as much as you possibly can. Mm -hmm. And I tell individuals, you know, I I don't candy coat, I, I I, I, I shoot from the hip. So, you know, most people think Democrats as, of course, being for African-Americans and having their views and Republicans, the opposite. Right. For me, I don't care what you are. If you're going to support my LO or my cause, 
that we can talk. So right. I'm going to send you an email. I'm going to call you. It doesn't matter. Because a lot of people, as you will find, in, in the public eye, they have that view. But if you reach them individually, you will be shocked to hear the things that they agree on, the things that they will support you on. Right. You just have to reach out to them. You know, don't ever exclude anyone from, you know, the stereotyping of this is what this party usually or the trend that they usually support. Because mm -hmm. you may luck up and get that one who really has different views. That's just the party they chose. Um, and, you know, they'll help. So for the most part, that's kind of like my my tips. And I'll chime in when when you guys have, you know, your suggestions as well. But that's that's kind of my tips and what I did, you know, along the way. And it has been very successful. Um, and last but not least, just don't give up. Right. Please don't give up. In right. Virginia, I'm telling you, it's so many individuals, my loved one being one that has been, you know, in the system for a long time, not thinking that they had a chance in hell of ever walking out of those doors and individuals are walking out left and right now due to bills and changes. So don't, you know, don't give up and right. use all of your options. We can't hear you, Maria. Are you muted? Okay, gotcha. Of course I'm muted. <laughs> I have the laundry room going over here. I'm like, oh no, it's getting loud. <laughs> Let me mute myself. But I was going to say, uh, what Nicole, you're right. You absolutely cannot give up. Um, it's their life. And, and it's um, their loved one's life. And um, there's no no stopping when um, it is their freedom, you know, you know, just it, there's no, uh, I mean, I think that's what keeps me going and on to what you said. Absolutely. I started this without knowing a thing. And I, I reached out to so many people, you know, help me, help me, help me, help me, help me. <laughs> and, you know, some people, you know, give you little tidbits and, some people don't want to have anything to do with you. And it was just that determination to fight. And then you start meeting other people in the same situation or similar and you, you, you help them too. Or you, for me, like you say, uh, the, my, the petition is kind of where I really took off. And then, you know, I got media exposure and um, that for me has become an amazing start for me was the petition and that um has led me to help other people with their petitions you know and so um even if i can't help them all the way i can help their loved one you know get more more signatures than they had um and it's just uh and you you also get the support of others like you guys you know like you find friends that yeah. you become family with that absolutely only understand what you're doing, you know, and people always say, how is that your friend? They're across the United States. I'm like, that is my friend. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I, I think it is important to decide what you're going to fight for. You're absolutely right in where the case is at. Uh, for us, we were uh, trying to get, we had already gone to the Supreme Court 
and you know we decided to to just get attention for the case um I think everybody knows my loved one got 60 years for possession of marijuana in the state of Mississippi. So um, even with the law changes around other states, um, that has not changed for Mississippi. And um, there are still lots of offenders in there for 60 years, 120 years, just these ridiculous sentences. And you find those around the nation. You know, in the beginning, I was shocked. Now I don't know if I could be shocked anymore. You know, and that that's that's what becomes your drive. That you know, someone is sitting there for twenty years, wrongfully convicted. You know, or you know, I watched a a lady in New York where she was asking for her DNA of what her husband did, and I watched the DA deny him DNA. So I think it's just also people don't know what's going on, you know, that for me, my, you know, thought would be, well, okay, if you give him the DNA, it's going to either clear him or convict him. So, you know, why have you kept this man in prison for two decades and not given him a, a DNA test where the sample's there? It just baffles my mind. I think that's what keeps me going with advocacy because there's so many stories that we need, we need triplets, you know, like we need triplets in Nicole and triplets. There's there's too much, you know, there's too much. Yeah. I I think, you know, um, I've been kind of, I've I've been taking notes since Nicole, you started talking. and one thing, you know, that I want to reiterate to it, what got me really started and hooked on helping in Mississippi was the Facebook support pages, um, support groups. And, and I've joined several national groups. I've joined, you know, ones that are strictly focused on Mississippi and it's the sisterhood that goes along with these support groups um, you know, of, of loved ones, of, of people that are um, incarcerated, you know, everybody has their own story, Nicole, like you were saying, everybody has their own story, but so many of them um, are very similar in nature at the same time. And, and you know, we're all fighting. We, we start out fighting for one specific person and before long, you are fighting for everybody and it does it gets exhausting and and maria like you're saying i mean we need to be cloned a thousand times over <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah you know, it, uh, it's absolutely exhausting if you're if we're not taking care of ourselves and for the most part we have full-time jobs on top of um going out there and, and advocating you know if they're people ask me people ask me what i do for fun or for a hobby and i'm like I, well, I go to rallies. I go to <laughs> talk to legislators. I do, you know, and, and it, it was interesting at one point in time, somebody, you know, when they found out that I was an advocate, they said, oh, that's such a nice hobby. And I'm like, it's not a hobby. Yeah, but exactly. the funny thing is, is I don't have time for hobbies. Right. <laughs> you don't get a hobby. This this may be your hobby. <laughs> this podcast is my hobby. <laughs> what? <laughs> this is it. <laughs> this is it. 
<laughs> but I wouldn't, I, I don't know about you ladies, I would not want my life to be any other way anymore. Um, you know, yeah. yes, it's exhausting, but you wake up in the morning and, and you think, okay, what am I going to get done today? What am I accomplishing today? Who am I going to reach out to? You know, um, I've picked up the fight here in Mississippi for uh, for lifers. And I'll tell you, that is, that is um, tiring only because um, I'm hearing so many stories right now and it's so heartbreaking. You know, so, so not only am I working in, in the addiction field as a therapist, but I'm reaching out to as many lifers as I can right now and saying, tell me your story so that I can, you know, make sure that you feel, feel validated. And um, let me, t let me reassure you that you're not being forgotten about, you know, it, it, so many times, you know, the, the legislation that's coming out helps certain groups of people and those with, with those really harsh sentences often feel like they're forgotten about, but, you know, and, and we just need to keep pushing with, for that as well. Well, and I think we each have our own push. So Sarah Jane pushes for lifers. I, I push for habitual offenders. Right. Um, in, in Habitual offenders in Mississippi, I actually have a database going for, and we're pushing for law changes there. Um, I also uh, push for mandatory minimums around the nation. So, um, you know, it's not just one we're trying mm -hmm. to free. Um so in the comments, Sarah Jane, I don't know if you saw someone mention 20, Senate Bill 2795. Do you want to touch on that real quick and who that's going to help? Uh, 2795, uh, I, <laughs> I have a whole list of things as far as that goes for doing helping. He's like, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> so 2795 was, is known as the Parole Eligibility Act. Um, it is helping offenders receive um, a reduced, possible reduced sentence by making them eligible for a parole hearing only. When I say the parole hearing, um, that does not guarantee the parole. However, um, there it was. There's reduced sentences to 25 percent of of time and then uh, certain offenders have 50% of time. I know 60, I know uh, certain violent crimes, carjacking, um, armed robbery. Oh gosh. This took me, um, took me by surprise by this question because I do, I have, every, I have it listed somewhere. I might even have it in my notes somewhere here, but um, I often say what is, who are, who are excluded from it before I talk about who is included in it. Um, so 2795 does not help any habitual offenders whatsoever, uh, whether it's little habitual or big habitual. No habitual offenders are helped by that. Um, no human or drug trafficking convictions. No offenses specifically prohibiting parole release. Um, nobody who has been convicted of murder above manslaughter. Manslaughter is a reduced sentence. I want to say that's 50% nonviolent. I have it. See, I told you I probably have it in my nose. <laughs> nonviolent. I know it drives you nuts. That's why, <laughs> that's why I asked you. 
Uh, I have this. I'm prepared. Um, at the same time, um, you know, we, I, let me back that up a little bit. Nicole, you were talking about reaching out to legislation. I actually went to an event a couple weekends ago and I was surprised because I actually heard a Republican speak and he really did voice his um, thoughts on those that are not being helped by 2795 still. Like he, he did bring up, um, you know, those convicted of, of first and second degree murder. It does not mean that a bill is going to be introduced anytime soon, but at least, at least to hearing a Republican talk about it right. surprised me a little bit. So Nicole, right. you are absolutely right about that. You know, you don't, you don't know whether somebody, whether it's a Democrat or Republican that is going to support the next bill that you, you're hoping gets pushed. Absolutely. So we, we need to be reaching out to um, everybody. And I did hear that there's possibility for Little Habitual for M Mississippi next year. Which Don't. is me, Little Habitual. I know, I know. I'm so excited. Little, little Habitual is nonviolent, so they've never committed a, a violent crime. Right. Um, however, I, you know, I fight for Big Habitual too. I, I well, so let me say this. As an advocate, I do believe there are some men that deserve to be where they're at, that never deserve to step foot free again. Absolutely. So, but I also strongly believe that there are men that are in there and, and deserve to be free. Yes. Um, and so, I mean, that's why I fight. Um, and so what I wanted to say about 2795 real quick before we move along um, is, and I just want you to make this clear, Sergey, 2795 was a bill that did offer people the chance of parole. And so right now what they're doing is they're giving out parole dates, taking addresses, but I'm pretty sure they still have a parole hearing, correct? So it's my understanding is that the parole board is meeting. Um, the, the offender does not necessarily meet at the parole hearing, but the parole board is um, doing the parole hearing without them. Um, and I think, you know, there's definitely some confusion when it comes to that. I know that there's a lot of loved ones who are a little confused about what exactly does it mean when you get a parole um, when, when the offender gets an actual parole date. That doesn't mean that they're being released yet. It doesn't even necessarily mean that they're being released. It means that that's when they became eligible for that parole hearing, but that does not mean that that date makes them um, you know, eligible for release. I guess that that's the difference is uh, being eligible for parole hearing versus being eligible for release under parole. Um, do you know how many are expected to be released off of this? And I think this is what frustrates <laughs> you is because people think it's going to be a lot. Yes. So I was going to say, do you want, do you want my politically correct answer? Or do you want my opinionated answer? No, I want your opinionated one because you know, <laughs> I know you spend time with them. So <laughs> Yes. Um, 
So the original number that got thrown out there was 600. So that was the original number that I went with. And, and I ran around saying, oh, my gosh, this is only going to help 600 people. I mean, seriously, what is this really going to do for mass incarceration? Um, I've been, you know, since then, I've been corrected on that. Apparently, a thousand people may have been immediately eligible for the parole hearing. <laughs> let me let me stress that. Um, and then and then it was something up to like two or three thousand over the next couple years. Now, unfortunately, again, this is my opinionated response to this. They are finding ways to keep people, um, despite the the eligibility for the parole hearing, they're finding ways to keep people incarcerated. Um, you know, they're they're fabricating. I don't know, Nicole, what what Virginia does, but uh, we have um, the ARP Administrative Remedy Program. Um, and under that is the RVR system, which is a rule violation. Um, any anytime an offender violates a rule, they get an RVR. Now, Mississippi, the the staff in Mississippi prison system is notorious for fabricating these RVRs. And one RVR that they have recently bumped up is what's called the C5, which is a um, gang-related RVR, and it, you know, it, it's well known that that the parole board is not going to parole somebody who has gang affiliation or gang activity. So that is one way that they are keeping people incarcerated. And and I've heard, I have heard that you know. Um, so many instances where people are getting those C5s. Um, and, and there's really no good way to fight that. You know, they're supposed to be able to, um, you know, they're supposed to be able to fight the, the RBR, but that that's something else that I try to advocate for. And, and I, I really, at this point in time, don't even know where to start with, with trying to advocate for changes in there. In, Mississippi's um, ARP program. So Nicole, I don't know how, how Virginia does it, but maybe that's something you and I need to, maybe that's something the three of us need to discuss further too is, um, how does that work in Virginia? Well, the, the, the worst thing about this whole situation is, is of course we don't even have parole. So- um, Right. Yeah. Right. So that's what we're fighting for. Um, There's that. <laughs> And actually, Saturday, we have a huge um, community event rally um, to promote that and to promote, you know, getting your, your rights back and things of that nature. That is being sponsored by FOE, Freedom Over Everything. And that is actually established by an incarcerated individual that is at um, Buckingham with my loved one. And a lot of good speakers, resources, um, vendors will be at that event Saturday from 11 to 4, just a little plug at Shimaraza Pot. Um, but yeah, so that that's that's our horrible story here in Virginia. That's in what city, Nicole? That's in Richmond, Virginia. Okay. It's Shimaraza Park, yep, in Richmond, Virginia, and it's from 11 to 4. And um, 
they will actually have like an awareness board in which you can bring a picture of your loved one and you can place them on the board and we'll have speakers and again vendors and you know opportunity for you to um start getting your rights back um you know uh establishing and starting for possible expungements you know for your your charges and things of that nature it's gonna it should be a, an amazing event um and miss krista i will put her out there she is um coordinating everything here on the outside um of course you know would would help like myself and others that are in the advocacy world um and that that really care you know about the change but that's one major thing here is parole. It, it's it's really sad because even the individuals who are eligible for parole, okay, it, it's a small percentage that, of course, get approved. Now, of course, we saw a spike when COVID hit, but unfortunately, it was a double-edged sword because when that spike happened, then, of course, it brought all attention to well, how is the spike happening now just because of COVID? So it kind of, you know, triggered investigations and things of that nature. And I don't know if you're aware, but our parole board, of course, have been, they've been under fire, you know, for a while, for a second. Um, but, you know, uh, it, it was it was a great thing that individuals got the opportunity to be released. But again, you know, it, it brought attention to some things that, I mean, necessarily i don't think it's fair but to each his own and and you know how the system goes so right. you know with, with that being said still just you know the push and, and i get what you're saying about the the gang related situations as well you know here we have infractions that's what they call them um same setup you know it just depends on the type which determines the level and the severity of it um but, you know, we have it here in facilities as well that they will fabricate or, you know, make up anything to give you an infraction. And with the bills that have passed, most of them, 95% of them, of course, a part of the criteria is how long you've been infraction free. So it makes a difference. And of course, it makes a difference when they go up for parole. You know, even when you submit a pardon, you know, all of those things you should list in your documentation and it hinders a little bit of course if you have those things or if you're gang affiliated now i will say here in virginia i won't say it's the easiest but there are options for you to help your loved one to become inactive so i'm glad you brought that up because um you know i don't know if anyone is in that situation my situation with my lo my LO was a part of the Bloods for over 20 years. Okay, that's all he knew. When he went in, you know, to the penitentiary, he was 18 years old. So that's what he did. But um, contingent of us, you know, building a relationship, of course, me pushing, pushing, him just getting older and developing and, and you know, seeing the difference and the change that he needed, he officially became inactive in 2019. December. But just because he knew personally he was inactive doesn't make a difference for what's showing in his record. Mm -hmm. So you have to take those steps, you know. So I, I took the step of reaching out. We have 
like a gang affiliation um affiliated investigator and I had to go through all of those channels to one get his approval and then of course you have to go through the active facility you have to get them on board as well in order to agree okay yes I will submit this so it will be in the system that you are inactive so I'm so grateful and humble you know to say that he has gone through that and He's, you know, he should be showing now that he's been inactive. But, you know, I don't know, I don't know the availability down there in Mississippi and the steps that you have. And maybe, you know, if you have that type of unit or organization or leader that you can go to to start for certain individuals. But, you know, it that it that itself is an injustice when you hold someone in something that they're really not affiliated with anymore and it hinders them from possibly their freedom um so yeah i mean we can most definitely discuss but that's kind of how our steps are here in virginia and our major push is to actually get parole back so what you're saying it really made my my ears go up um <laughs> about you know that that whole bill um, right yeah and that's one thing that um you know, when Burl Kane took over as commissioner, now I don't know if you if you know the if you're familiar with the name Burl Kane, but he um, was the warden at in Angola for decades. Um, he became our commissioner here in Mississippi in 2019, no 2020, last summer, um, and his big push is you know fighting all gang activity. Um, he did put out, recently he put out a renouncement form that offenders can sign to renounce themselves from um, the organization, which then does put them inactive. Um, you know, but, but I think there's a lot of flaws when it comes to that system too, where you know, I've heard I've heard stories about somebody who was already inactive and suddenly they're not listed as active again and they they've done no activity whatsoever. So I think there, you know, there's a lot of flaws even with that system. Um I mean it, it it's all good in theory. And they do have um like a series of, of classes that um, people that are are once were once affiliated are affiliated can engage in. Um, so I think they're they're making some progress, but at the same time, you know, we're we're talking about a corrupt system to begin with. So that that is that that's the difficulty with it and you know when you've got CEOs that are that are affiliated and you've got staff that are affiliated it, it just you know it it makes it very difficult but i think we're you know i'd like to think we're on the right path you know um if there's if there's accountability on on their end as well but when they're fabricating when they're fabricating things and and the records are getting changed when they shouldn't be um yeah, there's some there's some things that need to be fixed with it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, I, you know, I will say, though, you know, I tell people all the time, COVID, of course, came with 
some major negativity, you know, many of lives lost and things of that nature, along with the police brutality, you know, from George Floyd and everyone else. But I, I always encourage people to find the positive out of everything. And I must say that out of those two situations, which I think are two of the most horrific and just police brutality, I guess three, one of, you know, three of the most horrific things that have happened in my lifetime, I will say it has brought the awareness of prison reform. And I will also say this, I don't think it will ever diminish or go away due right. to those situations. So, you know, I just say, you know, keep keep the fight, keep learning, you know, keep reaching out to individuals, um, you know, em embrace anything new that, that you can find or learn, you know, from just basic Googling or again, the groups on social media, they are, they are like amazing. If you, like you said, if you find the one that's pertaining to your state, they're amazing. But also go into ones that's outside of your state because mm -hmm. I mean, most of the time what you're going to find, we're all fighting for the same thing. So you can most definitely get ideas from, you know, right. legislature bills, just, and then just resources that you can come together and something that is working, you know, in Mississippi, I can possibly work with you and kind of adapt it and change it and then present it in Virginia. Like you said about the whole parole, you know, again, that made my antennas go up because we don't have anything. So, you know, to collaborate and possibly talk and get some ideas on, on that area, it, it really doesn't matter what state. Just if you're really into advocating and you're really into pushing, you have to put yourself out there and you have to be willing to learn. You have to be willing to be vocal. And I will say you have to be a little bit outspoken. People will try to run over you. People will try to mute you. You know, people will try to down you. Even individuals who you think are advocates along with you. I have been a victim of that. It's, it's funny to me, but neither here nor there. You embrace all of that and you learn from it. That's what I want to tell people out there that are watching. Don't let anything change your drive okay find your passion yeah. yes for yeah. me the negativity it pushes me more i want you to right. see me even more and see that it's not going to stop me it's not going to change you don't have to agree with what my method is but you will see me and and that's that's kind of what what you know the energy and the fish you have to come through as an advocate because what we're fighting for let it be ilo or bills it, it's an uphill battle. Mm -hmm. These individuals are not here to let these individuals out. And, and it's sad because I have to tell individuals that I talk to behind the wall, I have to tell them that every day. You know, I always talk to someone that, you know, they'll get on the phone and they'll say, well, I saw on the news, you know, they're saying that it's so much money to keep us incarcerated. They're going to push and, you know, they're going to try to get us out of there. Okay, I'm going to let you have your moment. But again, I shoot from the hip. You have to think that it's true. They do have large expenses for having individuals that are incarcerated. But trust me, they make more money off of you being in there than releasing you. Mm -hmm. So don't for one minute think that they are truly pushing 
to let you out because they lose in that situation. Now, what they say on TV may be beneficial because, you know, it's time to vote. It's time to put people in place. So you say what, you know, individuals want to hear. But never lose focus on fact. Fact is, it's not going to benefit them to release them. That's why we have to continue to fight. And That's we right. have to, you know, put them on on the front. We, we have to bring them out. We have to call them out. You know, don't don't insult my intelligence and say that you're pushing for something because of your expense, because you make tons, millions of dollars off of these individuals. And that's just not Virginia. That's any state. Right. Any state. When you have individuals who are working for 20 cent, 30 cent in industries that they're making as me, as 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 a civilian that will walk in, I could make almost twenty five dollars an hour and you're paying them 30 cents. It's a no-brainer to me. You know, it, it makes no sense. And I'm not saying that an incarcerated individual should make $20, but I do say this. If you know they have children on the outside, if you know that they have, you know, fines or anything of that nature, why not implement something that maybe, okay, they will bring home or they will bring 30 or 40 cents, but the rest of that money goes to that. It could go to their child support. Mm-hmm. It could go to their fines. It could go to different things that directly affect them on the outside. You know, so it, it's it's a lot. It's a lot for us to fight. And again, we need to clone. But, you know, we'll we'll get it. And in time, again, with COVID and things that have gone on, I, it's really opened up the door and the awareness of the things that we need. And, and we're not going anywhere. You know, right. it'll it'll change. And it's interesting. It, it, it's interesting that you had brought up. Um, you know, we're not only fighting the system, but but oftentimes we are we are going against other advocates. And I don't under, I I don't really ever understand that myself. Because, oh my god! Because blows my mind. There's enough work <laughs> for everybody, and if if there's any there's too much out there getting rich off that, please let me know how you're doing it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So you know, I, I'm I'm gonna be transparent. I'm gonna be transparent here for a moment. You know, I received backlash because during my advocacy, okay, I was I was blessed enough to get to, to meet a resource which she is a paralegal, all right. And as a result of that, I did establish my business, which is called Bending the Bars, okay. It's not a nonprofit. I've never promoted it as a nonprofit. It is a business. But what we do, we assist individuals in motions, pardons, writs, you know, things of that nature at an amount, of course, that most definitely is not the same that you will get if you contact a lawyer. Okay. Not even near, remotely. Trust me, we've compared. Doesn't even touch it. So, you know, I received backlash because, you know, then you get the question of what, how are you advocating you're charging that? Because that's two different entities. When I advocate, I don't charge. Okay. It's not a fee for me to advocate. Right now, anyone who's seeing me can reach out to me and ask me to do a letter, ask me, how can I, you know, start advocating for my loved one? Can you help me start? Can you help me with a petition? That's not a fee. That's what I do to advocate. 
But right. if you speak of tangible legal documents that we then file, of course, pro se capacity, but this, you know, my paralegal, she researches. We have private investigators. We, you know, we stick with the individual from beginning to end. It's a cost that comes with that. And it blows my mind that as an advocate, you will get upset because another advocate may have found a way that in turn, yes, brings in revenue and you will speak negative about that person versus finding out what that person does. Me personally, I have two jobs. I have two daughters that work. I have plenty of money that comes in. My right. of ours money has nothing to do with financing my household. So the funny thing is when people come as in a negative connotation, most of my bidding of ours money goes right back behind the bars. You know, mm -hmm. I put money on people's phones. I do right. commissary for individuals. Yes. I buy clothes for incarcerated individuals' children. Mm -hmm. I do all of that. I do back to school events. Do a lot of people know that? No, because I don't post it everywhere. Right. It's not to be posted. I mean, if they want to post it, that's fine. But, you know, you people have to understand that an advocate, an advocate should be an advocate in every in every area, and we should all support each other. I don't yeah, have to agree with your techniques. And work and with each other. Exactly. Work with each other. A lot of times they, they want the fame of it for themselves, and they don't want to work with you. Absolutely. Things like that. I mean, you get both. You know, you get, you know, where you're able to work with everybody, and, you know, you become family, and you get those that, don't want to touch you, you know, don't want to. Yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy, but I mean, you know, again, it's, it's the way of the world. And, you know, again, that's why I stress to anyone who, who is advocating and who may ever, you know, run across that. Don't let that get you down. Keep pushing. And you know what I tell people, when people start to talk about you negatively and don't like you, you're doing something right. You're rough. That's right. That's yeah. So, so keep, yes. keep, keep pushing. You know, the only time you should worry is when you start to get negativity from the individuals you're trying to help. And that's those ones behind the walls. So, right. you know, my negativity, it goes out the window because I get so much love every day from the ones that I'm actually helping. So, right. You know, just, just keep pushing. Absolutely. And, 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 you know, that, that, that is really what keeps me going is, um, you know, it, it is, it is tough, you know, when, when you're being, when you're trying to, you know, get, get somebody to say, yes, I'll support your bill or yes, I will help, you know, fund some, some educational material or yes, I will help fund some hygiene products. Um, but that doesn't happen often. And, and a lot of times you hear no. So you have to, you know, you got to have a backbone in this and you've got to be able to, you know, I, I, I call it being the duck and, and let it, let it roll off you. Um, yes. But, but when you, when you know that you're making, you know, when you know that you're making an impact for, for those that are on your inside, um, that is such a huge reward. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, another suggestion, too, that you just spoke on really quick when you say, you know, you go to individuals and you get turned downs and things of that, that nature. This is what I suggest to that. And this is what I have learned. And it's kind of kind of sad, but it's the truth. And whatever works, works. OK, but this is my suggestion. 
when you meet individuals and you meet, you know, organ um, organizers of other uh, uh, foundations and things of that nature, so into them. It's yes. unfortunate, but you have to. You have to sow into them because a lot of individuals you will find they don't do a lot of things just because it's the right thing to do. They kind of do things because they want to see what they can get out of it. Mm-hmm. So you, you see what I'm saying? So if that's true, unfortunately, I don't don't take it the wrong way, but it is. You, you kind of sort of have to play the game. Like if you're interested in it, so into it. Right. But then when it comes your time that you ask for something, you make it very hard for them to tell you no. Then what you also do, you give ammunition to bring them to the forefront if they do tell you no. Okay. Sorry, it's a dog eat dog world. If I'm here to advocate and you say that you're here to advocate as well, show and prove just like I'm going to show and prove. Right. I have a problem with sewing. I will, in any way, financially, volunteering, you know, physically, I don't care. Pushing or anything. But if I come to you and I ask you for something, I kind of advise you to tell me, yeah, in some kind of way. <laughs> Especially if I if I've seen it. Yeah. You know, it's, it, and it's only fair. You know, it it's not fair to be one-sided. That's not how we were built. That's not God. That's not how he he made us. He made us to give and take and more to give than you receive. So, you know, people, I, I would say that too to advocates. You know, rem- remember, unfortunately, he just in a business. In order to establish a business, you got to sow. You got you to gotta yeah. put it in there a little bit. You got to put that work in there. But you will reap the benefit in the long run. We are already almost done with this hour ladies this went so fast yeah did my i still have a lot to say <laughs> go ahead okay no, no, another no, show Maria, another no. show no, no, no. we might need a part two of this for next time <laughs> so maria why don't you uh, put a little shout out here for, for your um for what you do Okay, um, for my habitual offender stuff. Yes. Um, so I'm looking for habitual offenders in Mississippi um, so that we can work with legislation. If please reach out to me. Um, also, I need help. So I do the Plus Studio stuff. So if you would like to join my team and come help me, reach out. You can find me on Facebook. I'm sure um, you'll see me loving stuff and all of that. Um, and uh, as long as you're not in my inbox, <laughs> good. I mean, you can be in my inbox if you need help. That is wrong to be in my inbox talking about not help. <laughs> Respecting the advocate is when the next show. <laughs> yeah, and um, I that's about it. I, I, I don't have much more to say you know if you reach out to me we'll definitely talk all right and nicole how about your plug oh i'm i'm good i think i've plugged enough you know just just <laughs> keep keep fighting you know um plug in just the the advocate side for me my, my lo he does have a nonprofit, profit love 
um, plugging that. We pushed towards eliminating um, school to prison pipeline. That's our basis for that. Um, and then, like I said, you know, bending the bars, that's my business. And that's just solely if you need assistance, you know, with motions or anything. But advocacy, I don't care what it is. I'm most definitely on Facebook as myself, Nicole Deo. Um, and, you know, just just hit me up with any questions or concerns. And, and I'm most definitely there for you. If I don't know the answer, I'll try my best to direct you to the right person who can help you. That's been awesome. This has been a really awesome show, and and I'm um, I'm Sarah Jane. You can find me on Facebook, Sarah Jane. I have the Parchment Project. There's a Facebook page and group under the Parchment Project. Also, website www.parchmentproject.org. Like Maria, I am um, you know I have a database going for primarily for offenders that have been convicted during the gap years in Mississippi, 1995 to 2014. Um, during that time, it was depraved heart or simple murder. And, you know, after 2014, um, sentencing structure changed. So we're, you know, trying to, um, I'm trying to reach out to anybody who might have a second, first degree homicide charge. Uh, let me know. Maria is helping me keep track of all that too. I think yeah, you already knew that. But <laughs> I almost plugged your <laughs> um, But yeah, this you know, um, the low is is put on by Plus Productions. We have several other shows that Maria oversees. She's amazing. She does great with every single one of them. So Mondays are. Um, the low Tuesday is plus TV every other Tuesday. Uh, tomorrow night will tomorrow night is the uh, plus TV night. So tune into that Wednesday. We have live straight our parchment and alternating with uh, free the guys. So this Wednesday at eight o'clock will be live and straight our parchment. And again, the episode will be in regards to how, um, you know, respecting the advocate and we do have a couple guys on the in, that have been inside or on the inside, um, you know, kind of just reminding guys to be to be gentle to the advocate and not just slide into those DMs and and uh, <laughs> try to try to hit. I on think a, I should be on that show. <laughs> <laughs> and then we got um, Friday nights. We have plus news, so we got a lot going on. Um, you find us on Facebook, National Plus Coalition. We we need all the help. Um, you know, if you if you've got a special talent, reach out to us. We we probably have a job that you could be helping us with. So, um, again, ladies, it's been an awesome night. It's always a pleasure, girls. Yes, it's always a pleasure. Amazing. Thank you, know? you guys. Thank you so much, ladies. Yeah, we stand strong together for sure. That's Absolutely. right. That's right. And everybody stay safe, whether you're inside or outside. Stay safe. Yeah. <laughs> Have a good night. Good night. Thanks. You too.